Well, hello there. Welcome to the Weekend Update. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, it's a crazy day because I've had internet problems. Mm-hmm. You've got internet problems. Yep. Um, and there's crazy stuff going on in the news. <laughs> you think? Um, <laughs> no. you you got to realize, all right, America flew a spy, a spy plane over North Korea. So North Korea scrambled the jets, tried to shoot it down. They said, okay. Enough, America. You send another spy plane, we're shooting the damn thing down. You know, we're like going, well, that would be war. Who's who's the aggressor here? Well, if we, if it's our if our uh, spy plane encroaches on their territory, their airspace, then we're the ones who are initiating the problem. Exactly. Hmm. Why are we doing that? I don't know. You know, can you figure what's happening in Washington? I told you just before the show started, uh, CBS News recently referred to uh, Joe Biden as, quote, former President Biden. Well, <laughs> in the tweet, I'm looking right at the tweet, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and, the, and there's also uh, the thing that the, uh, the, the power brokers on the left, mm-hmm. all right? They're saying, Joe, you got to pass the baton. Joe, you got to pass the baton. Joe, you got to pass the baton. Who? To who? Hillary, I mean, not Hillary, but uh, to Kamala. And what's she up to? Because we know Joe. Uh, Joe's on vacation again. He just got off a vacation. He is the one president in the history. He's on perpetual vacation, Bill. Perpetual. He has been on vacation more than any other yeah. president. You could take two of them Bill, and combine them. he's been them, president for, what, two and a half years? And they say he's been on vacation like Over three years. Yeah, 360-some days. Well, yeah. it's, over, it's over the year, Mark. And, you know, when Trump first got in, he's playing golf and he's president. He's yeah. always on vacation. You lie in sacks of what you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yes. because you're, you're guilty of what you accuse Trump of and Trump didn't do it. You're guilty of everything that you're taking charges against of him. Oh, you want to say the RICO violation? Joe is the RICO violation with the fake names and, you know, the, the, the extorting money out of foreign governments. That's treason. I'm sorry. Get him out of there. Put him on vacation. Give him an orange jumpsuit to go with it and lock him in the gulag. No, you take these guys that went to a rally and, you know, already we, we know that January 6th was a staged event, but you got these hundreds of people locked up without clothes on in a cell that has no light switch. The light is always on. Oh, I know. And I a saw bucket that. to go to the bathroom. It's the size of a closet, a small closet. I'm sorry, that's inhumane. We sit there and we talk about foreign countries that do that, and that's not, and we rescue the people, but yet we do it ourselves. Yeah, we are not even a third world country. We we're looking up to third. Well, the world worst countries thing, right the worst now. thing We've about our country, sewer. the worst thing about our country is that our country has presented itself as being the shining light the leader, a first world country, the first in a first world country. So when you find out that in reality we're doing all this stuff that Bill's talking about, that makes it even worse. That makes yeah. it even worse because not, we're, we're presenting ourselves as being great and then we're doing some of the slimiest stuff you can imagine. You know, uh, I got I to gotta play this for you. Um, two cuts. One is a shortcut with Tucker and uh, it's self-explanatory. Listen. So a lot of people online are wondering why, according to Hunter Biden's electronic devices, Joe Biden's family refers to him as pedo Peter. It's kind of weird. Why would they call a guy who showers with his own daughter pedo Peter? We have no idea. Then we saw these pictures. They showed Joe Biden kissing his own granddaughter on the lips 
multiple times. In February of 2020, Joe Biden was speaking at a campaign event in Iowa. He said his daughter told him not to kiss her in public. Then he said his granddaughter is, quote, different. But granddaughters not only love their dads, their grandpops, they always like them. And that's the great thing. Thank you, baby. Thanks. Yeah. So it's totally normal. Sharing with your daughter is totally normal. But there is a reason the FBI wants to get its hands on Joe Biden's daughter's diary very badly. and is willing to arrest people in order to keep that from becoming public. We'll let you continue to guess. Okay. Pedo Pete. Pedo Pete. And then remember he said this. But guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. This woman helped me get an awful lot done. Any rate. Can you, can you believe this? this? He thinks that's funny. He thinks it's, it's a, a humorous uh, uh, joke, you know, presentation. She was 12 and I was 30. Uh, insinuating pedophilia, right? So then uh, Rob Schmidt did this. While he was vice president of the United States. There was only one person copied on that email to Robert L. Peters. You know who that person was? Hunter Biden. (laughs) Who at the time was getting paid a million dollars a year to work for a filthy, dirty energy company located in Ukraine. At that point in the spring of 2016, Ukraine's president, Petro Poroshenko, had just fired prosecutor Viktor Shokin after Joe Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars of our money. The move, of course, famous now, when Biden bragged about it two years after it happened. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. Even in six hours, if the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a (laughs) got fired. A moment that will forever haunt Joe Biden. So let's noodle with this for just a moment. It's clear that Biden wanted this information about this phone call with Poroshenko away from his work email. But this document wasn't sent to Joe Biden 1942 at gmail.com. It was sent to Robert L. Peters. And it was also sent to his son. Just sit and think for a few minutes about a non-sinister reason for that. A non-sinister reason that Joe Biden would need an email alias, Robert Peters, a completely fake identity. Why would that identity also be tethered to his son, who also got the same email? 50-year-old man who was getting paid filthy dirty money from all over the world. And the family was all getting paid. Try as hard as you can to think of a reason that's not totally corrupt for this kind of behavior. Doodle with it all night and try to think of something. Tweet it at me. I wish you good luck. I've been thinking about it all day. I can't think of one. And you begin to wonder where else Robert L. Peters' emails show up. And there were other aliases that Biden used as well. Robin Ware and J.R.B. Ware. How many honest people do you know that aren't faithful spies to a government who would need multiple aliases? Think about that. And remember, before Joe Biden used our money to get Victor Shokin fired to benefit Burisma, in 2014, the United States was engaged in an effort to claw back assets that were possessed by Burisma's owner, Mikolas Lukevsky. That's Hunter Biden's boss. 
the man who says he paid Joe and Hunter $5 million for protection from the government of Ukraine, where his company was operating. Uh, held assets that belong to the people of Ukraine. The United States was trying to get assets from this man back to the people of Ukraine, and Hunter Biden and his father were being paid to protect him from that process. A State Department official described it like this. This actually happened during Trump's impeachment hearings. Take a listen. In February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create the perception of a conflict of interest. A perception of a conflict of interest. Another government stooge who can see everything but the obvious. George Kent was a Democrat witness during Trump's first impeachment when Democrats tried to destroy his presidency for asking questions about Joe Biden's now very obvious dealings in Ukraine. George Kent probably still believes there's no clear evidence that Biden had anything to do with his son's foreign business dealings. The same thing you hear from CNN and MSNBC all day long, and the major networks don't even cover the story. Even though we now know that Biden was using multiple aliases while sharing information. So what we're learning out uh, as the days and weeks progress is there's an inside joke in Washington that uh, Joe has a predilection for kids, for children, and right. it's, it's becoming more obvious. Um we mentioned as the program started, we had problems with the Internet, technical problems, and they reared their ugly face during that uh, segment. But I think I have you back. Yeah, you got me back. We're, we're doing the phone thing. I hear an echo, so I'm probably distorted because uh, I'm out in the country. That That's all there is. Yes. Well, you, you, yeah. you sound even marvelous uh, distorted, so don't... Uh, Yes. But you know, they're, they're, we probably ought to just do a hit list of things uh, uh, of, of things going on. Um, you know, there's you had mentioned it. I've read about it, and I actually I know in Boston there's an outbreak of uh, COVID going on. Kids going back to school, bringing it with them. Uh huh. Sure. There is a new strain of COVID that's going on. They say, well, you know, the new vaccine will probably take care of it. Probably. We're, we're a year away from an election. Here comes the virus yep. marching lockstep with the Democrats. We're having a hard time. yet. You're a, a little garbled because of your location. But I, uh, we kind of got the gist of what you were saying. You were saying that uh, COVID's coming back. They're, they're talking about a new strain. They want you to get shots, a, a new vaccine. It may work or may not. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I read yesterday that uh, the TSA has already been given memos saying they'll be going back to masks in September. That's, yes. you know, and, and so uh, there is this push to get us back into a, a lockdown mode so that they can, I'm sure, uh, go back to mail-in ballots like they did in 2020. That's what this is all about, folks. This is about controlling the election process in 2024 and uh, they want they wouldn't mind the whole country being back into working from home and uh, being paranoid again. And I hope, I pray to God that nobody falls for this because I don't believe it. I don't trust them. I think they were untrustworthy the first time around, and I think right now they're even more so. You're going to see media problems. I had a media problem the other day. You have one going on today. 
And I really think you lock the people down, you put them in a mask, you make them afraid. We can't go out and communicate again. And then uh, whatever shortages there are, but we won't communicate. You got the Trump trial going on, which shouldn't be, and, and the people are saying they're mad, but if we can't communicate and we're locked down in fear of our lives, uh, they can do whatever they want to Trump. They can make certain things go away. Judges that are dismissing, starting to dismiss cases for January 6th, that'll all go away, and the Democrats will re-steer this bus in the direction that they wanted to head to. Well, I'll be a son of a SOB. Uh, you know, the simple fact is Biden's going to win again by a, the, a bigger landslide than the last time. And he won't leave his basement, Bill. And he won't leave his basement. Well, he'll be on vacation in Tahoe. What is he doing? He's doing right now. There's, there, like I said, you know, they're they're pounding the shores with big shells right now. These stories that are here to soften us to get us ready for what's to come. I mean, scientists uh, are saying, and ecologists are saying, get ready for a giant population correction, and it's coming soon, maybe within a year. Oh my God! You got Maui. Maui's still trying to recover. Hillary's, the, the hurricane, racing towards Southern California. State of Washington, wildfires look out and are raging rapidly. Another wildfire. Don't you love how they call, they call it a population correction? You know, what, what they're talking about, folks, is a, a mass murdering of a large segment of the population. It's, that's yeah. that's what it is. I mean, what, that's what they're talking about. You know, and if you think I'm kidding, we have heard tapes on this program over the course of uh, the last year or so from people like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab talking about how the world has too many people in it and uh, how uh, they would ideally like a world of about 550 million people. We have 330 million people right now in this country alone. So what we're right. talking what we're talking about is increasing uh, by maybe another 120 uh, million people and that's it. And everybody else in the, you know I mean think of the rest of the world disappearing and just us increasing by 120 million. The only way that they can do something like this is through a mass extinction, a mass extinction of the population. And to think that there are people thinking about this is chilling. There's all kinds of craziness that's going on, and, and if I thought I could trust this form of communication, but I know it's distorted, uh, then I would I would go into a tirade right now, and a lot of things going on, uh, but I know we're limited on, on resources because I, I find it odd that I was throttled the other day, and now your system is throttled, and, you know... I know. Uh, it's sometimes... They go past the, 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 the point of logic. I think they got the fix in, and no matter what we do or say, they're going to do what they're going to do. Well, that's, that's a distinct possibility. I mean, I, I read yesterday that Google proudly came out with a, an announcement saying that they were going to uh, monitor and eliminate uh, independent news sources. They were going to eliminate independent news sources from their search engines, which well, means which means I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, okay, does that mean that right now we have a pretty good placement uh, on the search engines? I mean, if you type in 
It's Another Day with Jim and Bill. Or if you type in just Jim and Bill, or it's Number another one. or it's another day, we're at top of the, the billing. You know, yeah, we are there, and that didn't come easily, but it, it you know, we we've been around for two years. Yep. And we, we should have that, that top billing status if we do our homework. Bill, you, you sound like you're talking through a pillow, so I'm not going to I'm not going to drag this out much longer. Okay, so folks, we really tried to make this program work today, but uh, we've had problems with the internet, and just getting this posted online today has been a major accomplishment. Uh, a few other things we can pass around to you as the uh, the morning progresses. We talked about the uh, the aliases of uh, Joe Biden, which everybody seems to be talking about. And if it was Donald Trump who was using aliases, uh, it would be uh, banner headlines in the New York Times and other places. But with Joe Biden, it's sort of like, oh, it's just Joe, you know. Um, the fact that that he is nicknamed Pedo Peter by his own family, what does that say? Uh, are they just acknowledging something that, uh, you know, dad has a predilection that uh, we all accept because it's just dad, you know. Um, also, out in um, Lahaina, that was so devastated from the fires in Maui this past uh, week. The guy who was the head of emergency services, who was in charge of warning the people of the danger from the fire, he was supposed to turn the sirens on, and he did not. And when he was questioned about it, they said that uh, he said that, uh, well, uh, the sirens were really there for tsunamis, and we didn't want people hearing the sirens for the tsunamis and running out of their houses and running north into the fire. Of course, it was nighttime, and they could see the flames. And who in their right mind would run into the flames just because a siren was on? They would have known exactly what that Well, anyway, the guy, after that ridiculous press conference and that lame excuse, he resigned. He's done. So there you go. Uh, also, that's in Lahaina. And they're going to have a long time and a heck of a time uh, getting their their town back together. Joe's planning on making a visit there, I guess, Monday. I have no idea what he's going to do. I mean, he's taken forever to get emergency services out there. You would have thought that FEMA would have been there while the fires were raging. They would have been flying stuff in, water, uh, food, They because they ran out of food. The food, food stores had... Uh, a terrible time of it, but they took forever. And one of our guests this week who was out there during the fire, he said in all of his time during the emergency, he only saw two policemen. There was a very, very small presence as far as the police are concerned. He said he saw two cops, the same two cops in different areas, but just two cops. Uh, he said there were roads that were closed, but he doesn't know who closed the roads because it, it didn't seem like there were any emergency workers out there. Also, I, I, I'm going to play this now because uh, it, it's a good time. It's Saturday morning. It's a little long. It's uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. He was on with Tucker, and they talked about the Ukraine, and uh, it speaks for itself. When it comes to the Ukraine war, I mean, we're being lied to about it. In what way? Well, I mean, we were lied to from the beginning. You know, we had this comic book depiction that 
which we see on every war. There's a bad guy who's like, uh, you know, unspeakably evil. Yes. Who's planning world conquest or terrorist attack on, you know, the, on, the, on America. And we have to be the good guys and go in and, and stop it. And, you know, the Ukraine, the background of the Ukraine war is much more complex than that. You know, the, the U.S. has been involved, in particularly the neocons in the White House. I wouldn't say particularly. I'd say the, a group of people that are known as neocons since 2001 have been talking about putting NATO in Ukraine. Now, in, and I'll give you some uh, the background. In 1992, the walls came down and the Soviet Union collapsed. Gorbachev went to Tony Blair and to President Bush, who were the the UK and US presidents at that time, and said, I'm going to do something extraordinary that basically is going to have the rest of Russian history branding me as a traitor to my country. I'm going to withdraw 400,000 Soviet troops from East Germany. And I'm going to allow you to reunify Germany under NATO troops. So you're going to move NATO troops, a hostile, hostile force, into our barracks and our bases. I'm going to do that. And the only commitment I want from you is that once I allow Germany to reunify, to become part of NATO, that you will never move NATO further to the east. Because we're going to now release all of these uh, Soviet states that were part of the Soviet Union. They're going to become independent states, and we don't want NATO moving into those. And James Baker, who was the Secretary of State at that time, famously said, we, we promise that we will not move NATO one inch to the east. So Gorbachev now did that, and he's now, you know, despised in, in Russia. Um, and, and then in 1996 and 1997, so five years later, Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was the first kind of the father of the neocon movement, the neocon, what the neocons uh, represent in a, you know, uh, in a sentence, is that they were a group of people who believed, and you know, Donald Rumsfeld and Jonathan Yu and Paul Wolfowitz, Robert Kagan, Victoria Newland, who's now at the top wife, State Department yeah. official, their belief was that. The U.S. had won the Cold War, and that victory gave us the um, the privilege of dominating the world using our superior military unipower status and our superior military status for the next century. So their principal blueprint document is called Project for a New American Century. In other words, America would own the 21st century. So Brzezinski says, okay, we should start start this process by moving NATO into all the former satellite states. Well, that, and this was 1997. At that time, George Kennan was still around. Now, George Kennan, as you know, was the principal architect of the Cold War containment policy. He's, he's arguably the most important, most respected diplomat and statesman in American history. Oh, he said, if you do that, you are going to provoke a violent response from Russia. They cannot live with NATO on their borders. They cannot any more than we would live with, you know, with a Soviet alliance in Mexico and and uh, and Canada. Um, the at that time, the the uh, uh, Bill Perry was was 
Clinton's Secretary of State, and Bill Perry said, if you do this, if you go forward with this plan, I'm going to resign. Because it's so foolhardy, you are, you are forcing Russia into a violent military response. And the, so the U.S. ambassador to the Soviet Union um, at that time, uh, who, who is now the head of the, of the CIA, said the same thing. It, it, it is, it's the worst mistake America can make to move NATO to the east. So we went ahead and did it. We moved it not, at one, not one inch, but 1,000 miles, 14 countries. And then we put nuclear-ready missile launchers, Aegis missile systems, which are made by Lockheed and can take Tomahawk missiles, 12 minutes from Moscow. We could, in 12 minutes, decapitate the entire leadership of Russia. And we put those in Poland and Romania, and we then tried to move it into Ukraine, NATO into Ukraine. So you remember when my uncle, when when Russia puts up, put missile systems, nuclear missile systems in Cuba, and my uncle would have had to invade. He was able, the reason Russia put them there then is because we had put nukes, Jupiter missiles, in Turkey and Italy. My uncle and father made a, um, a secret deal with Ambassador Dobrynin, where we, where they said to him, "Look, we understand you're angry. You cannot live with Jupiter missiles in Turkey. That's why you put your missiles in Cuba. If you remove your missiles from Cuba within six months, we will remove ours from Turkey." But nobody says what the deal was, and that's what happened. So now we're back, and we've again put. You know, nuclear-ready nuclear missile systems are along right next to Russia. And now we want to go do the one thing that Russia has said, and Putin said again and again and again, this is a red line. Before Putin, the Russian leadership was saying, it is a red line. You cannot go into Ukraine. The Russians have been invaded three times from you. Our country's never been invaded. The Russians were invaded three times through Ukraine. The last time they were invaded, Hitler killed between 20 and 40 million Russians. Hitler killed one out of every seven Russians. In my uncle's speech to um, uh, his most famous speech in, in American University in, in 1963, in July of 1963, he said to the American people, he, he said, you know, we are all taught we won World War II, but we didn't win World War II. The Russians won it. And the sacrifice they made to destroy Hitler was beyond anything Americans can imagine. He was trying to tell the American people, you have to put your, yourselves, ourselves in their position and understand what, what they're doing. And he said, uh, he said, a third of the country was leveled. Every city, the forest burned, the cities were leveled, the forests and fields burned. Imagine if that happened from the coast, the east coast of the United States, every city, forest, and field from here to Chicago. That's what the Russians put up with. So we have to understand this, that Ukraine is a red line. The invasion came through Ukraine, and they can't live with it. It's, an, it's a security issue for them that is beyond our, almost beyond our comprehension. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. with uh, Tucker Carlson on Tucker on Twitter. In one of his most recent segments, that whole interview is about an hour rather and 20 minutes long, and it's really worth listening to. It's on Tucker on Twitter, okay? And uh, his programs are getting uh, more sophisticated and more like traditional television again as far as 
the presentation goes. Uh, and um, it, it, it's quite an interview. As a matter of fact, I guess one of the things coming down the road, uh, and I guess it's going to be in direct competition with the Republican debate this week, will be an interview between uh, Tucker and President Trump. And I'll be interested in seeing how the ratings are on the debate, because I think most of the eyes will be on the interview with Tucker and President Trump. And I would imagine it'll be live. And they t- I know it'll be on Twitter, but will it be on another platform? Might we see it on a more traditional television network, maybe like uh, on uh, Newsmax or something like that? I know nothing about where they're going to put it, but uh, it wouldn't really surprise me. It would be uh, uh, an interesting addition. We're going to take a pause, and we're going to come right back. This is a bit of a different weekend update because we have had technical uh, issues from the start of this program uh, that we've never had before with the Internet coming up and then the Internet going down. And then when we get a a, a bill on the phone uh, with his cell phone, uh, all of a sudden he sounds like he's talking through a pillow. We don't know whether it's intentional or whether it's just a coincidence, but it sure does make you go, hmm... A terrorist sleeper cell has plans to detonate a suitcase nuclear device while the president and the Israeli prime minister are making an appearance at the convention center in Pittsburgh. Can a retired New York City cop stop it from happening? If the cop is Jack Kane, then it's got a good chance. Strike at the Giant, a Jack Kane mystery by Jim Harrington is a page turner that will keep you riveted from cover to cover. Strike at the Giant, a Jack Kane mystery from Dover and Blackstone Media, LLC, is available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and many other great online book sites. Or visit It'sAnotherDay.com and click on our link at the top of the page. When it comes to mysteries and a great read, Strike at the Giant is all you need. So it's going to be an interesting week coming up. We have, of course, uh, the debates, and that'll be uh, interesting to to follow because you know it's going to be a lot of nasty attacks from people like Chris Christie and and the like, and and even uh, Mike Pence, I'm sure, won't have nice things to say because he hasn't said very many nice things so far. And uh, he was a trusted uh, loyalist, or at least we thought he was, until uh, it came time to certify the elections. And then a lot of people, including myself, think he could have done a, a much better job at that. And, of course, uh, we have uh, President Trump uh, presenting himself to the Fulton County uh, DA in the sheriff's office. He's going to present himself in front of the court because of the indictment down there. And, and no, no one knows exactly when he's going to do it, but it has to be, I believe, this week by Friday. So that's coming up. And, of course, we have the war in the Ukraine still going on that people are kind of ignoring. We have the border problem. We have so many things that are happening. Joe, of course, is doing the thing you would expect from a president. He's gone on vacation again after taking a day or two for for working between his vacation in Delaware. And then he's going to go out, I guess, and spend one day, maybe less, uh, in Maui, Hawaii, uh, going to look around and make an appearance and I wonder if he'll have a comment after uh, after he gets back from looking at the damage and the devastation. He didn't have one this week, or not much of one. Anyway, um, that is it for our very abbreviated uh, weekend update. We apologize again for the technical snafus we've had, 
Bill would have been here. He had all the intentions to be here, but uh, somebody pulled the plug, and we don't know who. Uh, but hopefully on Monday, things will be cleaned up and cleared up, and everything will be fine, and we'll be able to get back to what we do best. Have yourself a great remainder of your weekend. And as Bill would say, hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. Johnny Reese is a major league pitcher who always had a talent for striking people out. Teams fell over themselves trying to recruit the young man with the menacing fastball. But baseball isn't his only talent. He's also a major league hitman, a contract killer who likes his work. Reese does more than strike opponents out. He eliminates them all together. Retired New York City detective Jack Kane has come to Pittsburgh to find a killer and squeeze play by Jim Harrington is the story about what happens when these two alpha males meet and go head to head. It's a great weekend read. Squeeze play from Dover and Blackstone Media, LLC. It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and many other great online book sites. Or visit itsanotherday.com and click on our link at the top of the page. When it comes to mysteries and a great read, Squeeze Play is a grand slam.